0: In each episode, we'll hear insight and perspective from two guests that fill some of the many roles within this incredible industry. Welcome to The Room Black, and enjoy your stay. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Episode 2 of The Room Black Podcast. I want to start by thanking all who are listening. I sincerely hope you are enjoying the show and that it is bringing you some inspiration and even a chance to reminisce during these continued tough times. I have so enjoyed seeing comments about how fun it is to hear familiar voices or the chance to learn something new as a result of the conversation. My goal with this podcast was to do exactly that, bring my listeners joy and a sense of unity, as well as the chance to learn more about each other and how we all contribute to the success of this industry. To see evidence of that already is incredibly rewarding. Please know that your feedback is very important to me and will help me develop and improve the show as time goes on. So do not hesitate to reach out to me with comments, questions, or suggestions at roomblockpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media such as Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. So follow me to stay up to date on my latest episodes or shoot me a note. On that topic, one thing I have to point out is that my vocals on this episode were recorded with the wrong mic, resulting in a lesser quality than you were hearing right now. So please bear with me on this one. I am still new at this, and every time I record, is a new chance to learn and grow. Speaking of the call that I had for today's episode, I had a chance to chat with two people that I worked with relatively early in my career, and in both cases, they left a lasting impact on me. Despite working with each of them over 15 years ago now, what I took away from them then still prevails today in who they are and how they lead. It is these types of working relationships that I am so grateful to have had, and I'm grateful to be able to share with you today as they embody some of the values that I truly believe are most important, not only in work, but in life. With that said, I am pleased to bring you my conversation with Rose Horker, Vice President of Client Services with Choose Chicago, and Dan Traver, Business Development VP with Freeman. I asked Rose and Dan to do a call together, assuming that they knew each other, but I did not realize how close they actually were until we chatted. It makes perfect sense to me now because of how similar their personalities and philosophies actually are. When I think about our call, the theme that emerges for me is giving. Rose and Dan speak of their careers without a hint of selfishness. It's clear that their success can be attributed to the dear friendships they have formed with clients, the importance of prioritizing traits such as kindness, honesty, and empathy, and their strong desire to mentor those newer to our industry. Even though we are in a time of great change in our industry and the world as a whole, what Rose and Dan bring to the table are qualities that will always bring them great success and certainly make the world a better place. I hope you enjoy hearing from Rose Horker and Dan Traver. All right, everybody. Well, we are here today with Dan Traver and Rose Horker, and I'm very excited to kick off episode two of the Room Black Podcast with these two. I worked with both of these individuals early on in my career, and uh, we've just kind of stayed in touch over the years. And I am so happy to see them both today on the call. And I want to start by having them introduce who they are and what they do and how they got to where they are today. So Dan, how about we start with you?
1: Well, I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much for having me. That means a lot to me and the privilege to be part of this group today. Um, I've known both of you for over 20 years. So uh, what a cool opportunity this is. So thank you. As you mentioned, I am Dan Traver. I work for Freeman, uh, the world's largest live events company based uh, all over the world. Uh, I sit in Chicago. Uh, I've been with them for 22 years, but uh, I'll kind of back up and, and and tell you my... I don't think anybody actually just starts in the business, the live event. You kind of stumble into it, and uh, I think I fit that mold. I would agree. I think I fit that mold pretty well. Um, so I'm actually from New York, uh, outside of Albany, where my parents still live. I was a soccer guy. I went to college in Ohio. had to do an internship down in Nashville, Tennessee um, for a soccer team, and then at the time, I'm like, hey, Chicago seems like a cool city, and... I worked with a recruiter, and imagine that back in the day, recruiters were working with companies to hire employees. And um, I had an interview with, uh, this is back in November of 1998, with a gentleman by the name of Jack Brayback, who was another uh, legacy guy within the industry. I knew nothing about trade shows, not one thing. I'd never seen one. I knew nothing about the trades, uh, let alone a convention center, nor i had seen one. And Jack and I just started talking, and his father-in-law went to Bowling Green, where I went. And... Uh, He'd been to Albany, New York, where I'm from, just like the stars align. And it was just really, uh, hey, you know what? You're 26 years old. We're going to take a shot on you. Uh, You know, we'll see where you end up. But uh, are you interested in starting a career in live events? And, you know, they always said, if you last five years, you'll never leave. Uh, Well, I'm 22 years in. And apparently that's the case because I don't plan on going anywhere. So uh, I stumbled into it and here I am.
0: It totally gets in your blood, doesn't it? It does, and
1: uh, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more where we're at today. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the the relationships that you've built, uh, again, between both of you and Rose, uh, Rose and I have stayed in contact and uh, beyond our passion for just the Cubs. Um, and uh, we'll get into mentorship here in a little bit as well. It's been, you build lifelong friends, and I think that that's what is the coolest part about this business.
0: I agree. And that's actually a great way to dive into Rose's background. um, Because Rose is one of those people that I've always said, once you meet Rose, you have a friend for life. And uh, you know, I mean, Rose, you're just, you're everywhere, you know, everyone. So tell us how you came to be this superstar in the industry that you are today.
2: I'm glad people can see me blushing. Thank you, Jennifer. It is a truly an honor to be part of your your second podcast. I'm very proud of you and your career path and that the fact that during these difficult times of the pandemic that you've chosen to do something brand new, uh, something that you're kind of learning on the fly, and I expect nothing but greatness from you. you you one of those people that when you were working for me, if you remember when you left, I actually cried. <laughs> so um, I felt like yeah, I was sure losing, I did too I felt like I was losing a daughter. <laughs> Um, But yes, I, I love this industry. I too fell into it by accident or luck or serendipity. I'm not quite sure what you'd call it. When I was in college, I actually babysat for two of my marketing professors who worked for Tyson Chicken. And they were coming to Chicago for the National Restaurant Show with Tyson's Booth and asked, since I was from Chicago, if I wanted to join them um, and work their booth and be you know, a, what we used to call a booth babe. I'm sure that's not politi- politically correct anymore, um, but just work the booth and then help entertain their customers in the evenings when they were taking them out to dinner and so on. And so I worked the restaurant show as an exhibitor and it opened my eyes to the, the world of conventions. Um, that being said, I had no intention of getting into this industry. I was going to be a journalist and got a journalism and advertising degree. When I graduated from college, University of Arkansas, go Razorbacks, I moved back to Chicago. And in the process of looking for a job, um, I went to go, I I answered an ad in a newspaper. Yes, that's how we used to do it. And I went on this job interview and it was at a recruiter's office. While I'm there, um, somebody from Marvin Park and Associates called and they were looking for a brand new newbie graduate to come to their office and just do whatever needed to be done Mm -hmm. for the trade shows that they managed. Their office was right down the street. So I left the recruiter's office, went to Marvin Park Associates, and I believe I started the next day. Wow. Accident, luck, serendipity, um, whatever you would like to call it. It it worked out. It worked out.
1: The next day. Excellent. The next day. Wow, mm-hmm. that is awesome <laughs> you haven't left since.
0: <laughs> I have not left since. No. Well, and Rose, I I feel like when you first came to what was then called the Chicago Convention and Tourism Bureau, weren't you coming from a, a large trade show organization? I actually came to the used to be called CCTB
2: from Sears Corporate Office. I was managing their corporate trade show that they still owned for their dealer store division, and about. 25 or 30 in-house meetings that they had my my career path was not straight by any means it was very um it took some really interesting twists and turns and um i had i can't even remember the order i've had these jobs over the last 30 some years but i did work at sears mm-hmm. corporate office i worked for um Bax global in the trade show shipping world least favorite job for many reasons but we don't need to go there Um, i worked for a housing company expo vision i worked for confron back when it was called confron Um, i worked for the national sporting goods association Uh, that was for about seven years that was my association business and then of course marvin park and associates they gave me my first first gig in the industry
0: so it's so interesting so all three of us share in common so we all just kind of fell into the industry because my story is the same, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and it's similar to you, Rose. I actually also wanted to be a journalist, <laughs> um, and that's what I I went to school for communications. But um, ended up, yes, just falling into it and then winding my way to where I am now which is a journalist who knows <laughs> right exactly that's why i i i did think about that the other day i said oh this is a bit journalistic maybe i've come full circle here it maybe is. this is really what me- was meant to be so with that in mind that that we all just kind of fell into this did or do you have a goal that you wish to achieve in your career
1: yeah you know that was, I, I think that that's a a really great question and it's one that i've thought a lot about you know you look at personal goals and professional goals and sometimes they can marry each other and you know I, I i think a personal goal of mine from a career perspective is is to leave some sort of uh legacy as far as someone who was able to help their customers drive their live event to the next level right so a lot of times uh you know working with a company like freeman Hey, you know, there's this guy that worked over at Freeman. He worked for him for 40 years, and he's somebody that was able to help evolve the business or evolve the industry. Um, you know, that's uh, I'm nowhere near that yet, right? I'm 22 years in. There's a lot of people that've been around for 40 years that you know, we uh, when I started, it was what color pipe and drape are you going to use, right? <laughs> I mean, what color carpet do you want? Um, I can't tell you the last time I've had that conversation. Now it's all about, hey, how we bring in like minds together in a live experience, live, a live experience, and a live event. Um, how do we commit? How do we continue the conversations? And so, when when you look at your long-term career goal, being someone uh, that continues to be honest, truthful, and someone that people will look at that help drive the business into the future.
0: Well, I every confidence that you will end up being that person. I and mean, I think you already are. Well, um, mm-hmm. If I could share a story about you, Dan. Oh um, boy. When I, <laughs> when I worked at the Palmer House, uh, I was, this when I was in convention services mm-hmm. and one of my events had to, uh, we were bringing a car into the exhibit hall, which was up on the fourth floor. And I mean, I I had been doing it for several months. I was experienced, but not terribly so. And I I don't remember what happened or what the exact problem was. But I remember you calling me and saying, "We don't have security for this car. There's no one here to, to keep an eye on it. We, what, what are we going to do?" And I and I was already home at that point. And and it was one of those situations where it's like, "Do so I leave the hotel? Well, I've got my next tell It's all right. I'll, I'll go. People can get a hold of me." But, than being at home and getting a call about some major thing that I forgot to cover. Mm -hmm. And I was just in tears. And you said, don't worry, we've got it. It's okay. I will take care of it. And honestly, I don't remember the resolution, but (laughs) all I know is that you calmed me down and you kept your cool and you just were awesome.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I actually still own that car. So thank you for that. That's just, yeah, I, uh, um, I actually do remember that. And, and the Palmer House where we all started, uh, you know, that was, you know, that's a legacy hotel within Chicago and all of us newbies at Freeman, that's where we start, right? We started at the Palmer House and uh, we started because you couldn't move in before uh, uh, 12 p.m. or after 12 a.m. So you're working from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. moving trucks in. So we would pull the 24 hour shifts and, You know, it was a great learning platform for me uh, because we were able to do all aspects of the business from production to sales to dealing with how to get a car up that freight elevator, by the way, uh, at the Palmer House, right? So, I mean, that was something that was always fun. And I still remember, I don't know why it's coming back to me now, but we had actually to get off at a different floor that was halfway up and push down a hallway. And yeah, I mean, it's, but again, we talk about Jennifer, I mean, that's how we build these friendships and relationships. That's something that happened over twenty years ago, um, and and throughout that time, and you've done a million things to help me. So it's uh, um, the things that we would do for each other. So thank you. That's a kind story. Yeah, that that brings back great memories.
0: <laughs> and it's funny because it just stuck with me yeah. all these years, just yeah. because it was just one of those things. Like, oh man, such a mistake, but then they learned yeah. from it, and you just kept your cool. Yeah. So thank you. And then Rose. Pete reminded me, Pete, my husband, reminded me of uh, you know, when we were talking about doing this podcast, and I said, "I don't know how I'm going to sound in a microphone." And he goes, "Don't you remember <laughs> when you came home from an event when you worked with Rose, and you said, "Give me a microphone and I can talk all night." <laughs> I said, "Oh right, I guess I did.
2: <laughs> I remember you were head of, you were heading up our ambassador program and you had to get on a microphone and introduce yourself and speak in front of maybe 50 or 100 people. And you were a hot mess. Quite honestly, you were terrified. And I took you aside. And I'm like, Jennifer, you could do this. And I think I said, drink a little bit of wine, which you did. And you got up there and you rocked it. And then when you were done, you were like, I can do this. So there you go. I do remember that.
0: Right. It it was funny because it was one of those things that I I forgot. And then about you know people, Pete, to remind me that I came home and was just <laughs> elated. You know, it was just like one of those things. So that's great. So I want you, Rose, to answer your question about if you have or had a, a specific goal that you want to achieve.
2: You know, I think goals change throughout your career. When you graduate from college and you're looking for your first job, you a want to be employed. You want to try to make a decent living, and you want to do something enjoyable. Um, then after you've worked for a while, you realize there's more than that. There's um, more than just self-satisfaction. You want to make sure that you're doing right by your clients and right by your employers. And then you you get involved in industry organizations and you think, oh, I might want to join that organization, or I might want to be on their board of directors or lead a committee, or you might have a goal of doing something industry related. And as now that I'm older or more seasoned, as I like to call it. My goal is to try to give back to the the industry as much as they gave me. So I'd love to, I'd love to mentor. My goal is to mentor as many people as I can before I eventually, hopefully someday retire. So your goals change throughout your career.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. I think that, um, you know, it's funny because the younger people, I always ask them, what are your one, three and five year goals, right? And so a lot of people, you know, well, what are your one? and, and, And my one, three and five year goals now at my age are obviously much different than when, when, when you're, when your account executives wanting to work up your, your way up to director of sales and then you become director of sales and then those goals change once again. And, uh, you know, Rose, I, I love how you bring up the mentorship program because I do feel like within our industry, um, we could do a better job of that overall, You know, I love working with, I guess I'll not call them younger, but the less seasoned employees that are out there. I I do. I love spending time with them. I love showing them what we do. I love learning from them because as much as they learn from me, I can learn from them as well. And I think that, you know, moving forward, I would love to continue to see and choose. I'm sure you guys have a good mentorship program that's in place at Choose.
2: Yes, they've uh, our partnership team has developed something wonderful with the local schools Um, and then some of our partner organizations have their own mentoring programs. So they'll bring their mentees through our offices and we'll sit down with our various departments and explain what convention services, sales, partnership, sponsorship, what what we all do to give Mm -hmm. them a snippet of, of what we do. McCormick Place helps as well. Where they can tour the building with with their event managers and their sales managers to learn that aspect of the of the industry
1: very cool yeah very cool no that's something that i would uh you know as 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 we come out of this pandemic on the other side that's certainly a goal i guess a short-term goal of mine is to, to i personally would love to try to get more involved in that in a local hospitality uh collegiate level i know that people from the industry go out and speak and and uh i would love to try to get into doing some of that and giving back uh because there are so many people that I gave to me when i was just starting my career out as well
0: well and you're touching on you know one of the things that i love most about this industry and that is i, I just you know, i knew nothing about it when i was in college i had no idea that it was a viable career and i know that there's a ton of programs now um ton of hospitality hospitality programs and people actually go to school for it I didn't, and, and you don't really have to, to be honest. I mean, I think that you, all three of us would say that you could just kind of get into it, get your foot in the door somewhere, and then you are like, bam, you're off on this journey that can take you in a million different directions, but you can stay in this industry and you can have every kind of you know, talent. The possibilities are limitless. So I think it's great to be able to convey that to people.
1: I mean, my degree was sport management at Bowling Green, right? You know, um, I think maybe my uh, maybe it was soccer when I started, and then I realized I was there for for sport management degree, and then things <laughs> changed. Um, but uh, and that really was a business degree, right? And I'll never forget sitting down in my interview uh, with Jack Brayback, and um, you know, really, it's uh, it's it's being able to get something accomplished, right? So you were able to get your college degree. Uh, regardless, you know, regardless if it was business management, sport management, uh, hospitality management, that wasn't there when I was in college back in the early 90s, um, but uh, at my particular school. But um, yeah, I think it's it's, it's a fascinating business and there's great programs that are out there now for people that want to get involved.
0: So now, do you two have a kind of mentor-mentee relationship? Because there was something when we were setting up this college, you kind of both I feel like you referenced in a way that you guys had some kind of connection like that.
1: I'll start with it. Rose has always been someone that I've looked up to in the business. I look up to her as my, uh, personally and professionally, one, as a big sister, and two, as somebody that is my mentor within the business. I say that with love. I say that with honesty. I'll, you know, way back when we started going to lunches with uh, with Rose, and this was 20 plus years ago. I actually remember the first time I met Rose, we were in San Francisco and you actually worked for Bax Global at the time. Um, And I think we were doing Realtor Show, if I remember correctly, and we had lunch with Lynn Mites, myself and you. Wow, what
0: a memory.
1: uh, Yeah. And and I I remember that lunch and I have, you know, I can't remember what I did yesterday, but I remember that lunch. (laughs) Um, And from that day forward, uh, I mean, you, you will never find someone better in the industry than Rose Horker. At what she does, she is amazing, and uh, the way that she treats the customers, the way that customers look at her, the way that she's able to solve problems—you know, she's always calm, cool, and collective. I, I, you know, and to be honest with you, I, I, I've had to grow a long way because temper doesn't work in this business, right? So you have to be able to channel that energy. And uh, and like I've said, Rose is someone that that has has taught me so many things um and and i'm just lucky to call her a friend and a mentor and i and, and the cool thing is uh when 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 we all retire she's a friend for life
0: that is true yeah Thanks. i would have to agree with all of <laughs> yeah. that
1: yeah Thanks, <laughs> yeah. Rose.
0: is like okay i am really blushing that yeah
2: speechless <laughs> but thank you dan thank you. i yeah. i feel the same about you yeah. and jennifer i have a dan story similar to yours oh, um boy. when i first took this job at, at choose chicago 15 years ago already, uh, I was going to meet a client who I had not met yet. And I knew she was in lobby at McCormick Place during setup. And as I'm walking, I can hear her and her voice, her voice is getting louder and louder, and she's not happy about something. So I kind of stood behind a pillar, some people would call it hiding, but I was just <laughs> shielding myself from her until she calmed down. And I could hear that she was talking to Dan, who I already knew, and Dan was just the most calm person. And Dan, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Oh,
1: I and and, and by the way, that woman, she, still, she retired and a great friend of mine, but yeah, yeah but I, was, she, I was scared at the moment. <laughs>
2: yes, yeah, I, was, I was scared for you, but when it was over and you walked away, I, instead of going to say hi to her, I let her cool down, but I came up to you and said, I was so impressed with how you handled that situation because it was, you know she was not happy about no, something no. and it was it was a bit ridiculous and no, you no. just handled it so well Thank um, you, and man. it's funny how you remember those things and those are the kinds mm-hmm. of things that stick with you so that old saying people will forget what you said but they'll always remember how you made them feel mm-hmm. um, we've just proven that by the examples that Jennifer and I gave about you Dan so
1: yeah that's very kind not very sweet of you and I uh I will never forget that scenario. Let's put it that way. So I situation, <laughs> yeah. and I know exactly where it was, and I know exactly what the issue was. So uh, definitely left a mark in my brain on that one. You know, that's the interesting thing about our business. And uh, you know, you look at every year the the top ten most stressful jobs that are out there. Putting on live events is always in the top ten, right? So people uh, react differently to stress. Um, but our job, and 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 like I said earlier, I mean, I've never seen Rose ever move away, regardless of the situation, from true professionalism to being able to handle. I mean, the building could be on fire, and Rose would say, "Don't worry, we've got it covered. Just walk out the front door. You know, don't panic." And I'd be like, "Oh my God, we got to run the, the, uh, the catch on fire." And then there's Rose, just just as calm and cool as you know can be. But my point to all that is, is you know, we have like on the vendor side. Um, we have to be calm cool and collective, right? We can't be freak out mode. and um and and, and that's uh, that's not easy. you know, that's something that takes a lot of practice. and um and and it's amazing because what I do at work, I wish I could do it all at home <laughs> when I got three screaming kids and uh, you know, it's just it's uh, but as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at it.
0: Well, you said something interesting a little bit ago about, anger or temper doesn't work in this business. And and you're both talking about the importance of staying calm and cool and collected. I mean, are there is there anything, this, did anything happen that taught you that in, in your career? Or is it just something that you, you came to learn? I think I've, I've seen people lose their cool
2: and in doing so they lost respect by whoever happened to be in the room with them. Um, I. I saw that just recently last year, then that individual is no longer employed with his company. Um, It just life is too short. So, you know, just try to do the best job that you can appreciate the opportunities that are presented to you. There's always going to be something like, look where we are right now. Um, This pandemic has devastated our industry, both Dan's company, my company, Jennifer, your old company. Um, and we could beat our heads against the wall every day, but, as I've been telling uh, my team, just you control what you can control. You pray about the rest, and you try to stay as positive as possible. It doesn't mean you're not going to have a breakdown every now and then, but try to do it away from everybody else. Try to do it mostly internally um, and then move on.
1: So uh, going off of that, so I, I will share one funny story about a nickname that was given to me by. One of our uh, great decorators of one of the trades we had he unfortunately passed away at a young age his name was ray bannock uh ray was 47 or 48 when he passed away and uh his nickname for me was danger dan um <laughs> and because behind the scenes uh behind the scenes you know i i i i am not gonna lie To be an intense dude i i'm an intense guy right because i mean our job is to make sure we're living up to the expectations of our customer So behind the scenes, they know just by looking at my face that my head's going to I'm not going to scream or yell, but that, you know, I my head might just pop off and or I might just, you know, it's just a level of frustration. So every time I would walk Ray, walk by Ray, he would know where I'm at just because I wore my emotions. I try not to wear them on my sleeve. I do a much better job now. But he would just say, oh, God, here comes Danger Dan. Right. So it's something behind the scenes like Rosen mentioned that, you know, uh, we work hard for our customers, and at times, unfortunately, we have to do a little bit more uh, than we'd like to. But uh, it's a good story and a good memory of a good friend of mine. So, uh, I
2: yeah. think neither Dan or I have very good poker face. <laughs> so we we do wear our emotions on our sleeve. So it it helps to build up really close, tight relationships with your staff, with your clients. So when you do maybe give somebody the stink eye they (laughs) they understand where you're coming from and you can talk it through um but it's you know that's just part of human nature nobody is happy all the time
1: yeah i would not win well i i don't do well at poker (laughs) (laughs) i I didn't it that way
0: well it's interesting i think i'm drawing a parallel here is what you're talking about the you know emotions on our sleeves and, and the fact that i think we all probably feel deeply i i think i'm the same way and maybe it's that level of empathy that makes us love this industry so much because you really are like in the trenches with people and you know and, and you're in these situations and, and you're working around the clock and i mean you just you really kind of have to understand each other in order to be successful mm-hmm. because you're just in these unpredictable situations all the time you know let alone the situation we're in now but i mean just regular day to day you just got to go with it
1: yeah you know it was interesting you know some of the things some of the words that i looked at earlier today just in a little bit of preparation and i think uh you know i wrote down three things about some of the guiding principles to your career and i think that's a i think that's a good question and you know really i've talked about it's really earning trust right that's the first thing you need to do is have your customers or your friend. it's no different than having friends They need to trust you, you need to be empathetic, and then they become your friend, right? So if you do those things, so when the times are hard and you're going through a global pandemic and we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, and you can pick that phone up and have a comfortable conversation with your customer who is your friend, makes your job that much easier. And it doesn't happen overnight. And that person that screamed at me years ago is now someone that I text every week or every other week to check on because she's retired. And it's a friend of mine because I earned her trust. Right. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. But I think um, that's one of the biggest things that we all have to try to do. And and more so today than ever, because, you know, when we come out of this on the other side, nobody knows what it's going to look like. I mean, we we hope it's going to end tomorrow. Nobody has that answer right now.
0: That's true. I mean, and the other thing about this industry is that, you know, they always say, you know, don't burn a bridge, don't burn a bridge because, you know, we're all moving around, we're all working with each other for each other. You know, I I had a boss who then I became her boss. (laughs) And, you know, it's just, it's funny how those things happen. You just really have to keep it together as you're going through your day to day with relationships. So uh, thank you, Dan, for bringing up uh, your guiding principles, because that was a question that I had. Mm -hmm. So, Rose, do you have any guiding principle that you carry with you throughout your career? Um, Yes. One is treat
2: everyone with the same respect that you would like to be treated with. Uh, Be fair and try to be as transparent as you possibly can. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: That that has worked well for me over the years, especially during the last five months. (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, those are those are definitely great principles for work and life and and everything in between. So Uh, one of my one of my former bosses and still a very good friend,
2: Mark Tunney, his mantra was um, get up, dress up and be up. And let me tell you, I've never I've thought about that almost daily, especially in the last five months. And I've sent him a text to let him know that's stuck in my head because even, I asked, remember I asked you if I had a shower for this. <laughs> um, can delete that. Um, but yeah, you just have to make sure you get up, that you're ready, you're prepared, and you're as positive as the day will allow you to be.
1: Right. I, I love that. And I, I mean, that's, you know, the positive vibes that you, that you put out. I mean, Rose, that's always been something that I've been attracted to because the positive vibes is what helps you be uh, successful and comfortable. And, uh, you know, if there's negativity coming out of people, you don't want to surround yourself with those kinds of people because then you get sucked into all that. And, right. and I, and I, and that's why I try to hang out with Rose as much as possible because it's always positive energy. So, you know, we, not so long ago, I finally had the opportunity to uh, spend some time with Rose face to face. And we, uh, with my wife and, and, uh, her friend, uh, Mike and and, and a group of us, and I'll tell you, it it makes you realize how much you miss that social interaction with your close friends, Um, because when we're locked in our house or locked, you know, I'll give you a funny story. So where I'm sitting right now is a closet, right? So I've always wanted to build an office in my house. So we have this large storage closet with another closet that went into the spare bedroom that I knocked down. I was proud of myself because I can't even change the light bulb. So knocked it down, and now I've got a a sixty inch TV in this little closet and my tiny desk that I had growing up with my parents. So it's amazing setup. So <laughs> I just thought I'd share that. but so it was nice to get out and spend some time outside of my little closet here. But uh, you know in 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 desperate times, we all have to, you know, how many times have we heard the word pivot in the last five months? Um, you know, that's the new everybody used to talk about what bucket you want to sit in. now it's like, how are we going to pivot and go into a different direction? Because the direction that we're all in within the industry uh, got, you know, you turned that water hose off and it got turned off immediately. Nobody saw it coming in autumn, all, the, all of a sudden March hit and, and I'll tell you, it got turned off and it got turned off immediately. So now what are you going to do? Right. So it's it's, it's a multi, multi, multi billion dollar industry. And the amazing thing about our industry is and the go live together and, and the IWEs and the PCMAs of the world and fighting for fighting for all our causes with the government um, is to try to keep people going. Um, and right now, if you can't hop in an airplane or, or leave your house, I mean, how are you going to get, you know, 25,000, 50,000 people together? Um, and it depends on what city you're going to is what rules are. But we're all going to be around. The industry is not going anywhere. You know, I think we're getting closer. I just, I'm excited for that day to get back on a plane. That's the God honest truth. And because what I miss most, uh, when I was director of sales, my job was to sit in the office and manage people. It was not to be in front of customers. And there's nothing more than I love to do is to be with customers. And when you take that away and you're staring at them on a computer screen all day, it's just not the same.
0: It's hard to keep the energy going when you don't have that Mm face-to-face. I agree. Well, and so to go back to the importance of staying positive, setting up this, these calls, you know, I always want to have two people. That, that's kind of my whole shtick with this podcast, um, just because I think it would be interesting. And you two stuck in my head as being like the positive pair. And, and it's funny because we, we don't talk regularly. Yes, we're on social media together and I see your posts and everything. And I guess that, you know, just knowing you both and seeing that positivity oozes out of both of you. Um, and and that's really why I wanted to have, I thought of you both as a pair. And then I was so happy to know that you actually know each other and are very fond of each other. Mm-hmm. So it, it worked out really well, but it's extremely important to just keep uplifted. And that that is, again, the basis of of this industry and why we all love it so much, I think. So let me move on to another question. And this I want to know for each of you, how do you feel your roles contribute to the success of your clients or the events that you are part of?
2: I'd like to think that my role is, is as a connector. i connecting clients to individuals, companies, venues, suppliers that can help lead to a successful event. Um, In my role, it's easy to get to know our clients, um, so much so that they do become lifelong friends. And a friend of mine, Ben Smock, coined the term Friance. So when your friends and your clients become friends, um, it's more than just a client relationship. I'd like to think that we contribute to the success of our clients by knowing who to introduce them to, uh, knowing what organizations can help them either grow their attendance or get them the resources that they need to be successful.
0: Yeah. You know, when I, when I worked for CCTV, that is the perfect way to put it because you realize you are this kind of bridge to, you know, from the client to everything that can contribute to the success of their event that Chicago can, can bring, you know, whether it's you know, different vendors or, or organizations or whatever it may be, it was a cool position to be in. So you do it so well,
2: Rose. we don't have a product of our own, right? We don't have any assets. Basically, we have the entire city of Chicago and the Chicagoland area at our disposal to help our clients be successful. But we don't we don't have a product, we don't sell a widget, or a room night. We sell. We help the hotels sell their room nights, and we help McCormick Place sell their space, and um, our caterers sell their catering, and the museums build their attendance, and the sports teams fill their special event space, and it's it's all of the above.
1: It's you do a tremendous job of connecting the dots, right? So you you you. I mean, there's nobody better. I mean, I, I've said it <laughs> a million times. Have you, have you
0: met my publisher?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> my <familiar. laughs>
0: So, Dan, how about you? How do you feel your role contributes to the success of your events? Yeah,
1: you know, all of our customers have different needs, right? Some are bricks and mortar. Some are strategic in their thinking. Some want us to uh, completely redesign their meetings for them. Um, We connect dots in a different way. We connect dots in a meaningful way. Uh, Rose connects her dots with the city of Chicago. We do connect our dots with our products and services that we have to offer. So me personally, uh, my role has evolved over the years to where I was a logistical minded person, uh, director of sales. So I was heavily into sales. I was heavily into national sales. So I was part of our growth. Uh, I did a show in Bangkok, Thailand last year. We're going to Seoul, South Korea or no uh, Yokohama, Japan next year, hopefully. but I like i I feel my strategic vision and the ability for me to bring in the right people at the right time. I, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in this business that knows everything about every product, every service, every opportunity. I bring in the right people to help me. And I think that's probably my biggest thing that I've been able to do is bring in the right people and have the right conversation to make sure our customers are given uh, the highest level of service that they may need.
0: It's so interesting how over the years, you know, your role does evolve mm-hmm. and, and the importance of what you do changes. And you, you go from that more kind of tactical role to the more strategic role and and the ways that you can see that impact.
1: Yeah. And I, I got to be honest with you, and, and I think Rose can attest to this too. I mean, our whole industry has shifted that way. Uh, you know, when, when we started, I mean, it really was, and I joke about, uh, and that same lady who uh, we, we had the fun with, uh, 20 minutes ago and we talked about her <laughs> when I told her plum aisle carpet color was going away I and mean, it took me three days to tell her it was going to be okay if we went with a different color aisle carpet. I mean, we don't have those conversations anymore. It's all about how, you know, again, I keep using the word connecting people in meaningful ways, but that's really why the attendees come to the shows now is to build their network. Right. So, you know, that is our job is to build that infrastructure for them to come into. uh, And then they come in, they come into that infrastructure. And then uh, the before, the during and the after, Rose's group, you know, helps them build it throughout the whole city and the community and the organization and McCormick Place and everywhere else. It's really uh, it's fascinating how it's evolved. It really has, you know, um, and, and I love it because every every customer's needs are different and every, every event is different, every city is different. And uh, uh, being able to bring products and services to them has been pretty cool.
0: Can either of you identify any area where you think you need to see a change as we get out of all this?
2: We were already seeing it before this pandemic. Um, we were seeing that exhibitors, and show organizers they needed to see more of an roi than ever before um because participating in a convention is not inexpensive and so corporations and associations were really focused on what what is their economic spend in a city and exhibitors were what is my return on investment for participating in this org in this particular event so we were we're trying to help them with that. We're trying to make sure that it's more of a business event, whereas back decades ago, it was business, sure, but there was a lot of wasted money.
1: Yeah, I think education is so important. I think you're right on. Uh, you know, when when people, whether it's an association or exhibitor, come into Chicago or coming into, it's it's really educating them on how not to spend money, right? Or uh, uh, Not how to spend money, but how to spend useless money. I would right. say, right? How do you spend money smart? Um, and I think that uh, the education process, you'd be surprised uh, the lack of knowledge that many people have when they come into a city uh, as far as what they need to do to be smart with their money. Rose, would you agree with that? I mean, I think a lot of times people just come in and and they wonder why everything's so expensive. Not just Chicago, any city.
2: And think of all the lost revenue that so many companies have experienced you know, it's mind boggling. So for them to get their toes back into the water and say that they're once where everybody can travel and they're willing to travel, what is going to be the tipping point to get them to, you know, come back to Chicago for an event or go to any city for an event. So we're, we're creating a new program called Connecting to Chicago that you'll hear more about in the coming months, which is really talking about being the connector. It is all about Connecting our clients to the life, life sciences companies, uh, the, the huge amount of tech that we have in Chicago now and the tech hubs, introducing them, if medical groups to the local hospitals, the local, local medical industry, manufacturing is so big in this area. How can we help them grow their manufacturing shows? Um, it's, we've been working on this for almost two years now. We're just about ready to, to unveil it. Um, but I'm really excited about that because the timing couldn't be better. We will need it to help build the business back up in Chicago, but we will truly need it to help our clients succeed.
1: Cool, I can't wait to see it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's so hard to have this kind of pause when you're in the middle of trying to accomplish all these things. I mean, it's crazy when I think about what I was doing in February and the plans that we had, my <laughs> team had these plans, and then just to be like, poof, gone. Yeah. So I'm very happy to hear that things are still all systems go on your end with, with what you've been working on. Mm-hmm. What would you say that you that can take away from this time and that you're going to bring with you when we do reemerge back into semi-regular life?
1: I, for me, um, you know, I think the silver lining in it all is let life slow down. You know what? Uh, I was able to have dinner with my three kids. That lasted about the first four weeks uh, of the pandemic. And then they, and then we started having these, uh, what do you call them, the driveway tailgates or whatever the heck we were doing with our, with our friends, social distancing. But I, I think, I think we can do that from an industry as well um many many years ago when it started the work life balance really wasn't there um and i think the generations that are coming up now and quite honestly even in in rose and art i mean our generations i mean that is so important because we are road warriors right so you're on the road for you know 150 days a year or 200 days a year but this has really made us take a step back and say you know, what is truly important to you, both professionally and personally. So what I'm going to take away from it is um, making sure the decisions that I make are relevant, are needed, and absolutely, I have to go do this, right? So I think a lot of times it's self-inflicted because we get so used to traveling and we have to be somewhere. We can't just sit home. We've got to jump on a plane and we have to make executive platinum and I got to be a diamond member at Hilton and for what reason, right? So my customers need me, I'm gonna go, of course, right? But um, you know, I, I just it just made made me personally take a step back and and look at really what's important. And that is work and that is life, and that is my kids and my wife, and uh and, and now trying to put those in uh percentages that make more sense than what they used to.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um it, I have I feel guilty in even saying this out loud, but I have enjoyed the slower pace of life. Mm-hmm. Um, not having three or four evening events every week to go to um, and having more time at home for um, Mike I have pretty much redecorated his entire house in the four months that I've been sheltering in place here he's really ready to see me go um, but it's it's been enjoyable as far as having time to think um, what what I really miss is travel I canceled seven trips that I would have taken in the first six weeks of this pandemic. I've um, every, reached every one of those trips I was looking forward to going on. Um, I truly miss the relationships, uh, seeing, as Dan said, our, our clients that have become friends, seeing them on a more regular basis. Uh, Mark Anderson, my boss, and I went to Washington, D.C. right at the very beginning of all this to have one-on-one conversations with our clients while we still could we knew we couldn't change their mind about possibly canceling, which of course they all had to. Um, but when we were getting back on the plane coming home, I said, Mark, I feel like we just completed our goodwill tour and it meant a lot to our clients that we were willing to travel to them at that really pivotal, pivotal time in our industry and our history to say, we're here for you. Like whether you have to cancel or not, we're, we're still on your team you know, if you can't meet this year, hopefully you can meet next year or the year after that, but whatever you need, we're here from you. And um, Libby Taylor from the National Confectioners Association will be relieving her office. We both looked at each other and said, I don't know about you, but I need a hug. And it was my last industry hug that I got. And I talked to her recently about that and it just felt like a million dollars. Like I didn't know how bad I needed that. Um, so, because we're very social industry, social animals, and um, it, I bet I miss a lot, but I'll, I'll, I don't, don't, will not take those for granted anymore.
1: Right. And Rose, and I I think you can agree the second we all get the green light to get after it again, I think we're all going to have about 78 trips in about six weeks. And for me, my wife will book them for me. All right. And I think it's time for you to get on the road again. So, okay. All right. I'm out. I'll see you in six months.
0: Uh, <laughs> when are you going somewhere, yeah, Dan? Exactly. Don't you have a trip to be exactly. on?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny.
0: I well, this is the first time um, since being a mother that I've been a stay-at-home mom, and uh, you know, which is something that I always claimed that I would never do. Um, not because I don't, you know, love being a mother and love my children. I obviously do, but work was such a huge part of my identity. And so now I found myself here making meals and tending to the house and, and soon being a teacher again. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's funny, because when we used to go on vacation with the kids, I would get nervous before we would leave. I would think I'm I'm not used to being with them 24 seven. You know, if we're gonna go to Disney World or something. I don't know what's it gonna be like to, to be with the four of us 24 seven. And now that is how it has been for months. <laughs> right, right. And I'm happy to say that our relationships have gotten a lot better. <laughs> I feel like I know them better. I know more about my children as people. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely have enjoyed that
1: part. Yeah, first, that's great. Disney, I did a year and a half ago and I still haven't recovered, just so you know. Uh, second <laughs> of all, you know, my daughter is, uh, I have a daughter that's 15, a daughter that's 13, and a son that's 10. Um, and I think, I I don't think I know that this time allowed me to slow down and then to slow down because it's such an important part of their lives at their ages that I'm able to be part of such such an important time in their lives. Um, My daughter gets her permit and she's driving and, I won't go into the first ever boyfriend because we all know my friend DT Love said, hey, anytime you need your crazy uncle DT to show up, he'll come here and take <laughs> care of things for me. So I I, I will call on him soon. Um, but it's been a blessing in disguise that I've been able to see uh, and spend time with 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 my daughters because uh, that slips away as they get older in the teenage years and then they come back again. Now they've been forced to hang out with dad a little bit. I don't I see him about five minutes every day at least, but uh, it's been good. So. Jennifer, to your point, it's been, it's been nice.
0: And I think that you're right. Your kids will, they're, they're old enough to really vividly remember this. And then to look back and be like, man, we actually got to know dad. (laughs) He was home.
1: Yeah, he was home. And, and, and I started this walking group that Rose was part of back in April. And I was, Danny wanted to go for a walk with me one day. He's 10. And, um, I'm not afraid. I said, Danny, someday I said, you know, when you're 47 years old, you're gonna be walking down the road with your son when he's 10 years old, talking about this day right now. I mean, we're living the history books, unfortunately. I mean, this isn't normal life, so uh, just appreciate, you know, who we are, what we have right now. And I know it's not the best of times, um, but we're gonna get through this. We're gonna get through this stronger than ever. Family will, the job will. Don't worry about that. We're gonna, we're gonna come. We're gonna get through this. So I think that's an important positive energy that Rose taught me to present to my family. So thank you.
0: Yeah, I have to keep I have to keep reassuring my well, everybody, myself included, yeah. but my kids that, that that this is not normal life and that this will change. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It will happen. It will come again and this will all be just just a memory. Another um
2: Positive, if you can look at it that way, that has come out of this, is that I don't have to explain to people what I do anymore for a living. <laughs> they know they now understand the value of what a destination marketing organization brings to the table. when they see the news reports that Chicago has lost over a billion dollars worth of business already just in two thousand and twenty, yep. they get it, you know, and they they understand that we help fill the hotels and the restaurants and the taxis and the planes. And we help the general service contractors stay busy, and um, the trickle down of all of that economic loss. They they now know the importance of what we do. It's been a, it's been many years of fighting that fight. So I, I, unfortunately, it took a pandemic to, for people to go, oh, they're worth it, you know. So hopefully that will make our jobs easier moving forward. That they know that we're on the side of everybody. We're we're here to make sure everybody is successful
1: yeah absolutely and and the article that was just written in a newspaper and that you could or could not be referencing about it was 1.7 billion dollars or or something of that that chicago had lost in revenue um and i send that i've got everybody's got group texts of different people right and i sent that to every one of my group texts of those people and say this is what i'm talking about right so um you know that doesn't and 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 our our company personally is. I don't like the word devastated, but like if you, if you're in the live event space right now, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we're not even talking about uh, the trades of the people who work on a daily basis at McCormick place, right? That is their living is being there and working and their, their money. I mean, you know, if they're not working, they're not, that trickle down to Rose's point goes very, very, very deep. And then the restaurants and the waiters and the waitresses and the busboys, and, you know, the taxi cab drivers. And it's just, You know, it's 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 rough right now, It is. I feel for so many people.
0: Yeah, it it is a vast industry and it touches so many people. And you're right. I mean, if if anything comes out of this and people realize how important live events, conventions, trade shows are to a city, then so be it because it is it is an engine that, that keeps cities going. So I just want to ask you both one final question. I'm very curious that if you were not doing what you're doing today, what would you be doing?
1: Rose, you want to take that one first? Sure. Or...
0: I have two very different
2: answers. Uh, oh, good. I have thought about <laughs> being in the law profession, being a lawyer, uh, most of my adult life. So I think I would go down that road. But then the other thing I would love to do is be a lyricist and write songs. I don't know anything about music, but I can write lyrics. So if there was a a market Mm -hmm. for that, that I could ever find, I might even still do that on the side.
0: Wow. I had no idea. Like, do, do you write like poetry
2: or used to quite a bit? And I haven't, I haven't really dove back into it in a while, but I've got all the, everything I've ever written saved. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. A song song tells a, a good song tells a good story. Um, when you're at a very high or low emotional state is when you're more creative. So that's when I would write. So you would think I'd be writing a lot <laughs> during the right. last last five months,
0: but I haven't had time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, how about you, Dan?
1: Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I am a sports fanatic and I would love to work. Uh, if I didn't work in the live event space for Freeman, I would love to work in professional sports. I worked in minor league sports when I lived in Nashville, Tennessee after I did my internship, but I would love to be in the front lines of uh, a general manager of some sort of, I don't care what sport it is, but I would love to be engaged with the athletes. That's just something I've always had a passion for. Those opportunities I've never looked for, I think it would be pretty cool.
0: So, are you saying if you were my boss, would you talk to me in sports analogies to try to motivate me? I would.
1: I got, I got them all on <laughs> the wall. All about yes. Let's uh, let's get after it. I've had those. Let's bosses. get after it and let's not give up until the end, right until the final whistle. So I got them all. But uh, um, no, I'm just, uh, I'm passionate just about uh, watching that. I I played my whole life and and now I uh, I don't live my life through my kids, but yes, my kids do play sports and I couldn't enjoy it anymore.
0: Well, thank you both so much for being on this call with me today. I had so much fun. It was great to see you both and to chat and to reminisce about some, some old fun stories. Uh, thank you, Jennifer. Good luck.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Jennifer. It was my pleasure and what a great opportunity and I wish you nothing but the best.
0: I had a lot of fun with that one. Thank you so much again, Rose and Dan. Well, that concludes episode two and I want to hear from you. Please send feedback, show ideas, comments, questions, and of course, interest in participating to me at roomblockpodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you for joining me today and please remember to subscribe to The Room Block so you can continue to join in the conversation.